What's up, buddy? What's up, bro? You, you, uh, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> just in, in bed. This place I'm saying, it, it kind of has a common area. I just don't want to commandeer it by doing a podcast, like, in the middle of the, uh, the office space. So just in the room. You podcast with me from a bed before, bro. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like your third favorite position. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 222 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana with me, as always, making this two team parlay even money. Most awesome. Oh, that's right. I thought you were going to go with the series split 1 1. Oh. I didn't know. No, I didn't no. know what you got. Sometimes I'm trying to guess Maybe. it now. I know that should be fun. Yeah, but I would never like it still has to like tie into what we are. So I would never split us one one. It makes us seems like we're pitted against each other. Mm, real, Always in this together, brother. Real Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless approach to mm. sports podcasting. Yikes. I would have to Well, out of those two guys, which one has more sports knowledge? Like one actually Interesting. played the game. Right. One spread vicious rumors of athletes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, here's the thing is, is like, I feel like in the NFL, obviously check Shannon Sharp. However, like once they get out into like basketball and, or isn't it kind of neutral territory at that point? Like when does your athlete like credibility no longer pass? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're like, all of a sudden you're weighing in on like judges, like batting average, just because you played wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Right. Does that give you does does that give you like an edge? Now if you want to talk about locker room disputes, right, or something like that, or getting yeah. in an argument with your, your teammates on the bench, Shannon Sharp, the floor is yours. However, if you just want to say like, I don't understand why um you know why the uh, Celtics aren't trapping and getting the ball out of the out of Curry's hands, hey man my 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 opinion is equal to yours, Shannon Sharp. Sure, because I mean they're both like they're both full of shit for sure. So I mean I wouldn't be surprised if none of these guys do like either. Like I would say like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless combined. Like I have more sports knowledge than they do. I think right. Yes, and at least like yes. read shit. Agreed. Agreed. I watch yes. the games. This is a thing that pisses me off, and we're going to peel back the onion here on broadcasting a little bit, uh, as two podcasters ourselves, Uh is sometimes I watch these guys and I'm like, you have all day. You have all fucking day. And I get it. You're going, you're grinding all day, like four hours, and I get that's a lot to feel, but... For the love of Pete, you like is your is your is your, is your Pete for the love of Pete is you you can tell I'm just coming out of dad mode where I'm like having these types of curse Absolutely, words like yeah. Jiminy Crickets, like, oh. uh, but but you have all day to study this up and your like societal barometer is so fucking off you can't see like a clear like you know what I'm saying like you can't see like all right well just yeah just get like an interest. And maybe is it beyond them? Like, get an interesting take. Also, like, why are we regurgitating like all these points? Like, there has to be like, and maybe right now it shows up even more because there's so much access to like actual like long form like podcast sports content where you actually see like you get that fed like kind of that deeper dive and you're just like, but, like you see some of these takes and there's just like, I, there, there's just no way they can actually believe these. Like, there's just no. 
Yeah, and I, I feel I feel like this is like the the corporate version of like where you have producers and other people yeah. who are influencing ideas and takes and thoughts and we really want to push it in this direction or we really want the conversation to go here so steer it this way and it's like when you find yourself like watching like some of the most like interesting sports conversations it typically is like in a one-on-one format like ours but like also like an athlete getting like candid and talking about stuff or two former athletes talking about it or a group kind of you know what i mean where there's very little to um interfere with the flow of the conversation it's not it, there's no agenda it's just we're asking conversations and we're getting interesting answers out of it and that's what's happening here on the most awesome and brand Anna sports podcast. Corporate America came to us. And we said, no, we want to do it how we want to do it. And right, that's we, what we don't like get. making extra money. No. <laughs> In this jam-packed episode 222, watch us continue to be free with Riff from the headlines. <laughs> We're doing NBA finals. We're doing Mab rankings. We're doing top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, and that's if you had to build a franchise tomorrow. Build a franchise. Not trying to get a chip. Going to hit that inbox. Got some there. Neapolitan showdowns top alternate reality moments in sports this is a good poll bro this is gonna be a lot of fun and then we're gonna finish as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen you're our power it starts now extra extra read all about it i'm talking front page story all over the world it shook up men women boys and girls the headlines there if you want to be rich then you better make sure that you got your shit come on Hi, bro. Rip from the headlines. NBA Finals. What are we talking about this week, brother? Ooh, because we had a very interesting game, too. Here, and the series is knotted up uno uno between the Celtics and the and the Golden State Warriors. Well, let's get out here. Who's going to win this series, bro? What's going on? I've, I'm still feeling our call. I'm still feeling Warriors and okay. Six, right? Warriors and Six. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, if you want to look at kind of – if you had to, obviously – you know, it went back and forth, and they got away from it. But if there's one constant through both games, it would be the Warriors going into the fourth quarter with a double-digit lead. Yes, I was. I was almost going to say third quarter woes for yeah. the Celtics. Because is it is it the Celtics are as bad? You know, the Celtics just playing poorly. I think statistically, it backs up that they come out of the gates out of halftime a little slow. Yeah, and especially, and it's also, I mean, they say those great teams and the Warriors, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it is number one out of the stats in front of me, but a third quarter team. So it kind of seems like the worst for the Celtics on both tips, like them having kind of a slow start to the third quarter and that also being kind of Golden State's quarter to just run away with it. Yeah, interesting. I looked at, I did a quick little statistical Ooh. analysis of the third quarters, you know, plus minus points um, in every series except the net series, the Celtics are minus negative points in the third quarter. Negative 15 points for the series against the Bucks in the third quarter, 13 points for the Heat, and now 35 points in the third quarter. So each coming out of halftime just getting fucking blitzed in the third quarter. Yeah, even though you can't really make a decision on this now, like it's like kind of go one-to-one, but really if you if you did look at this, you would say like it's been Golden State series so far. But Boston did, I think the fear also is Boston did what they needed to do, which is steal one of those games. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would think, like, if they went down, like, 2-0, like, you would think this series was over. 
Like, yeah, you, you, you would looking at five. Yeah, five games or you know, I think five games. I don't think that they're they're. I, don't, I think they've got more heart to get swept. But yeah, it's one of those things where you would think it's pretty much over. Um, and yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's like aside from like eight minutes in this series, the Warriors have pretty handily been the better team against the Celtics. Yeah, it's also for, uh, kind of scary too because the Celtics aren't playing. I've been playing better on the road during this playoff series than they actually have at home. So not be able to kind of lean on that, like being able to go back home and get that. I don't, like you really. I don't feel like we've seen the Celtics firing all cylinder. I think the the defense have looked pretty good at times. Mm-hmm. Real fast, I wanted to do this. Let's rank right now just through the first two games. Let's rank our players. Mm, okay. Like, like from both teams, put them in the same pool. Number one spot. I, I would I would have to say we'd have to go with Steph Curry. Steph Curry, yeah. yeah. Steph Curry in the one spot. Yeah. Who do you got in the two spot? This is interesting because in the fourth quarter of that first game one, Al Horford was unbelievable. But I would say, given the consistency of like the first six quarters of the series, you almost would have to go Jalen Brown, wouldn't you? I got Jalen. Yep, I got Jalen Brown in the two spot. Yeah, and then so this is where it's interesting, right? For like some of the intangibles that um, like Draymond brings to a team, I almost am thinking I'd have to put him three over some of the lack of like things that Jason Tatum does at four. Yeah. So I have Tatum at three and Draymond green at four. And that's okay. probably, probably a good spot. I mean, there is that intangible Draymond green. I just strictly went like, I could see a world where Draymond, you know, gets teed up, suspended a game and the sure. State Warriors can still win that game without Jason Tatum. Like I don't see the Celtics stand a, stand a chance of pulling off a victory without him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's one of those things where Draymond, like, mindset-wise and, like, just he's not going to roll over. And we didn't see it. And he he does – he makes you nervous because he teeters that line of, like, all right, you're going to get fucking thrown out, and it's going to be detrimental to your your team. Obviously, you know, going with Tatum makes a lot of sense, especially after that game two where he was pretty good in that game too. But there were still times where he was just very, like, loose with the basketball, and you're like, look, man – you got to be able to just make smarter decisions. And I feel like that they can like blitz Jason Tatum on a pick and roll and make him force him into like a poor decision. Um, all right. So we're pretty rounded out. So now we're going to do a little bit deeper dive. Who do you have in like this five, six, seven? Oh, five, six, seven. I mean, as of the play of right now, I, I mean, five and or six, I'm looking at, you know, like Wiggins or um, maybe Derek White, I would say, maybe above. Or maybe you put Horford in there because he was yeah. really good. Although he was, man, he was terrible in game two. This is a thing. Derek White, at least, like, he took 12 shots, got 13 points. But I felt like he still had the opportunity to get it going. And he was fucking lethal in game one. Can I put up, like, Marcus Smart for your consideration? Ooh, I, I do like Marcus Smart for my consideration. He's got to be in there too. But that feels yeah. weird when you start la- labeling it out because you're like, all right, well, that's because because here's the thing. Let's eliminate Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has not been good. You know yeah, what I mean? So we're we're going to talk about him. Yeah. Yeah. Kevon Looney for the Warriors. Jordan Poole, like a tale of, two, you know, 
he was basically the anti Al Horford, you know, poor game mm-hmm. one, good game two, hit that huge three. So yeah, maybe you maybe you're right. Maybe Marcus Smart just for a consistency basis has to slide yourself up there. And, and, and it might be true too. Like I might be changing the rules a little bit because now you know. I want to lean towards smart a little bit more, but it's almost probably just uh, a tip of the map to Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Honestly, like these two guys, when they're playing their best, like no matter how the rest of the Warriors are doing around them, they can elevate them. And I think that's why, you know, out of our top five, I'm okay putting three Celtics there, even though I feel like, you know, Golden State is not head and shoulders a better team, but it's just like every game, like no matter where they're at, like I'm going to lean a little bit towards Golden State. Yeah, and I know people have said like even Mark Jackson was talking about uh, experience in the in the finals being overrated, but we are clearly seeing that experience, at least understanding like basketball and the not 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 being afraid of the pressure of the moment, be a huge factor for the Warriors. Like Draymond Green isn't afraid of anything out there. He he knows situationally. He is thinking through and processing the game at a much faster rate than both Brown and Tatum are. Same thing with Steph Curry. It's like they're all trying to play catch up to the things that I'm trying to do. And even when you have a solve, I'm going to adjust and, and you know, pivot and you, I'm going to break your back. And, and it's, it is one of those things where it's like, I don't undersell experience in these moments. I think it's huge. And there's no time in these series for Tatum to figure it out for Brown yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, they got to get it done and kind of string yeah. it together. What did happen in the fourth quarter of that game one to the Warriors? Like I know, like like what happened to the Celtics is you know Jalen Brown got super hot, which is mm-hmm. awesome and just kind of like hitting at the right time, exactly what his team needed. Like was it? And that, that'll kind of lead into my second question. And in true Brandana fashion, asking two or three questions at once. There you go. Make him Line sound like one big, question. Big, 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 big. <laughs> just put it all together. Um. Who's having bigger turnover problems also, the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, you'll see, I like, Steph, I, I think it's the Celtics instinctually, but they're mm-hmm. still – the Warriors, for how good they are and their experience, can be surprisingly a little slack with the basketball. But there's sometimes also, like, Boston – like, there's that bounce pass from, like, Marcus Smart, like, through the lane. I just – sometimes I can't tell if he's getting, like, super cute, but, like, I mean, it's look like playground stuff. Like, it wasn't even close. Right. Yeah, it is one of those things where I think the 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 lays off fairness of like Draymond and and Steph can be a little like they they feel like they're more out of control than I think what they really are versus what you're saying is is market smart is like pressing and trying to do like the ultra slick play and it's like no nah, Marcus just stay in your lane. You're not in the you're not in the talent category. Your handle is not as tight as Steph Curry to yeah. do some of these things with the basketball. Even that Steph Curry, like, surprisingly, like, some of those, like, I think he had that first quarter pass of game two. Like, he just kind of, it's like an early possession. I think it was, like, their second or third possession. And just, like, try to pass it up real quick from the three-point line on the other end. And it just, like, immediately intercepted. And it's just, like, that even close. I mean, he'll he'll kind of do that from time to time. I mean, does, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I also feel like they're okay. Like, Jason Tatum seems to me, like, when he makes a bad play, he seems to wear it for the next like five or six plays. You know what I mean? Whereas like Steph Curry makes that pass and he's like, oh, that's, that's a bad pass to turnover. It's going to happen. Like it just doesn't seem as like monumental to Steph Curry as it does to Jason Tatum if he throw, makes a turnover. 
we break this down a little bit because you brought it up and you brought it up on our um, on uh, Instagram. Our in- Instagram, yeah, which I think is great. It makes it like fair game. What is it that's rubbing you wrong about Jason Tatum's prep for this specifically? Like, like just leaning whole hog into like this. Kobe Bryant was my mentor thing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I well, a few things, right? I, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what's rubbing me wrong with it, because I mean, I might have overlooked it, but you bring it up, like, kind of helped me. I'll go, and then I'll let you run with it, because I think sure. you have the bigger take. But it's there's a little bit of it's almost you're using that as your ticket in to be like one of the top 10 players or whatever. It's just like, it's almost like you're leaning more on Kobe was my mentor. I was close with Kobe, like kind of just in a subtext reading that like Kobe anointed me as like the next Kobe and letting that be the story as opposed to your gameplay in the finals. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's hitting me. Yeah. And I would agree that there's definitely some, something to that. I think for me, it's like a, it's a, it's an interesting like okay, so whatever he needs to do personally to get to that level, and if 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 he needs to conjure the the mamba mentality through whatever means he can, great, I get it. This is what your mentor is, but I think that there's a, a certain level where it 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 supersedes preparation and like dedication to the game, and almost like drifts into this weird like marketing slash mm. PR move that is like it's really not the time to be focusing on these things like so it all started with like you know obviously the heated rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers is is it's written everyone knows that story and in a closeout game seven to wear a purple and gold uh, you know elbow you know uh wristband or you know sweatband on his elbow with the number 24 stitched in there okay little tip of the map we're all we get that right and obviously the media is going to do what the media is going to do and they're going to make notice of it but then that's followed up with another story that comes out where jason tatum texted the late kobe bryant's previous cell phone number uh and it was like you know i got you or some some message to him this is where now I'm going, all right, to your point, the anointing and or the clout chasing, if you will. Yeah, that should be like, kept personal. Yeah, also, It should like, be kept personal. Yeah. And how do we know about this? Yeah. How else would we know about it? Someone, right. Jason Tatum or someone from his team is like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah let's get this out to, to the people. So they yeah. have it to, to discuss and decipher. I, we saw it all over social media and then followed up later on, which I was what, it, what, what really was like the tip of the – or, you know, the cherry on top for me was is like, then, you know, Kobe's got a famous picture of him in pre-draft workout clothes and Boston Celtics clothes. And then Tatum shows up wearing like a mock, like, or basically like a replica of that. It's like, so who's this for? Is this to get you your mind right and get in the mama mentality for the fucking NBA finals? Or are you trying to get a, like another fucking, you know, headline in the, you know, ace a block of fucking first take. What are yeah. you trying to do? And yeah, and and I'm you know, and I'm just like, I'm fine. If you need to do that, if you want to do that, but then I don't know. Try and keep it closer to the vest if you need, or put it underneath your fucking regular clothes. Yeah, just exactly. Because because it's also like it just becomes like just in super 
poor taste. I mean, just now that we're talking about like Kobe Bryant and like that, like that's when it gets like really shitty. Like it's just like if if you were and you have you have to be right. Like if you have to read it, you have to read it in the attentions. Like why why do we know about this film thing? Like why is this? And it's just like there is like it's impossible to overlook like the the little look at me, don't look at me aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is and it's and it's and the and that's the thing that's a shame for Jason Tatum because I feel like he is like a very sensitive superstar, right? Like he know he's got all he's unbelievably talented. He has everything that's in there, but like, does he have that like, you know, does he have the mindset to win at all costs? Does he have the focus of the preparation the way Kobe Bryant? consistently talked about about stealing those extra minutes in preparation and how you're going to like just totally bypass your 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 challengers by your preparation are you are you going to have the like like even there was a thing on on jordan today about how you know he he was saying that he didn't want you know he wanted to go through magic johnson like to win a chance like he didn't want to avoid magic johnson in the finals he wanted to go through him and yeah. it's just an interesting and for everything we saw from the last dance it's just like these guys the guys that we end up talking about and put in this folklore of champions have this mindset they are not focused about the others that did that right and what they did to get there they're focusing on how they can get there what they need to get there and by rising to the occasion and not um not faltering in the high pressure moments. They want to be the guy to take the last shot. They want to be the guy when it's all on, hey, who's gonna take us home? I got this. Everyone get in line, I fucking got this. That's what we talk about in sports. That's why we love sports so much because very few people have that in them to do that. And when we see it, we see the greatness within the, in that person in that moment. And that's why we love sports, and that's why we love Kobe and Magic and, and all those guys. I don't know if I see that in Jason Tatum, at least not now, with all the things that he's kind of showcasing in order to kind of get the little the little bump. Yeah, use that stat line to showcase. All right, game going into game three, what is the number one note that the coaches are screaming to each team? Uh, I'll go with mine real fast. Golden State, uh, number one note come from Kurz. What the fuck's up, Clay Thompson? What's going on? <laughs> Get your fucking get, shit together. Get your shit together. Yeah. Do you need to put on some? Whose jersey you got to put on? You got to fucking. <laughs> uh, and then for me, the number one note would be Boston. It's just like we got to control the basketball. That's just yeah. ball, that's ball control. What do you got? For sure. Um, I got I, I We got to offensively for Boston. We got to get a little bit more consistency amongst the ranks. Like we all can't just have let Jason take it. Tatum take over and the rest of us have off nights. We got to, we got to help out. We got to player supporting roles and we also got to be aggressive early and often golden state fucking jumped our shit pretty quickly and didn't let us to get into a rhythm. We got to find a way to get it into our rhythm. If I'm golden state, I mean, the, as much of the note as anything is, is continue the defensive pressure. I think if I'm Kerr, I'm looking at either uh, Gary Payton the third or Jordan Poole and going who's my my guard off the bench that's going to be a disruptor either offensively from Jordan Poole or defensively from Payton right so yeah. who are my guys that are going to be the guys off the bench and I'm going to roll with those guys a per, you know mainly off the bench I'm going to keep it to you know six guys off the uh, you know six seven guys in rotation that's about it 
Do you think Poole's there yet, or is Poole just taking advantage of being able to play loose based with the cushion that he's getting from, like, Steph Curry and Cove? Yeah, I don't. as much of a Jordan Poole fan as, as I am, I don't think he's there yet. I think he will be wildly up and down in this series. I think he'll be super frustrating, but when he's on, he's going to be dropping 40-footers because he has that ability. But, but I don't but, think... Yeah. Is this the kind of guy that's just like, but these reps are going to be super valuable? That kind of sounds like a no-shit comment, but do you think this is, it'll set into him, like just kind of having this experience will be growth for him, or is it just going to be playing in the league longer we'll get him there? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think a little bit of both, but I think I think that confidence, if he can sustain it, I think that those become like really valuable reps if he can sustain it. If he's up and down, it becomes way more of a question mark of to like, is this just, he's just going to be this guy, but if he can figure out a way to like, maintain that level that's why game three will be interesting just from him on a personal perspective if he can keep that if he can keep that rolling because he basically got pulled in game one because it was like all right you don't have it tonight yeah and you know much like a relief pitcher or like a pitcher in baseball it's like i don't know if basketball players can be just pulled like that shooters like that need to get into a rhythm and jordan pool pool needs to get into a rhythm uh, all right well we're sticking with our guns we still have golden state win it in six all right <coughs> um Map rankings, new segment, which we want to rank shit. We're just going to do it. Dat, dat. Um, going to take a look at the NFL. We're doing top 10 quarterbacks in order. Uh, if you had to start a franchise tomorrow, starting a franchise. So, guys, you can, you know, it's going to be a little different angle than uh, just winning a chip. Although, sometimes you'd say, like, give me an old, give me an Aaron Rodgers. Let me get a chip, like, in year two, and that'll be enough to sustain me until I get a new QB. Now what we're doing, probably going to go a little younger. We'll see actually how old we get. I'm sure our top will look pretty this, pretty much the same. It'll get interesting as we get lower. But let's start on the top and work down since I think it will get interesting when we get to like that 7, 8, 9 spot. Um, so 1, 2, 3 in order. I think ours will be pretty close. I might surprise you though. I actually have Josh Allen in my one spot now. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes 2, Justin Herbert 3. Ooh. Am I over not as close? No, no, no. We, we're, 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 I think our top four are probably basically the same. I think our orders. I have still have Mahomes at, at number one. Um, I have Josh Allen at two, but it, but truthfully, it is like a a one A one B. It's a yeah, lot closer super, than it's I super think. Super close, yeah. Super, super close. I just think. Well, I mean, what it, and what was it? It was there were just times last year that Mahomes. I don't. It's been, yeah. Like I don't, he didn't seem to be able to adapt to what the new defensive were giving him, and then I just think it's like like a stock just falling off a cliff. Like just the second half of that Cincinnati game, that's the last taste we have in our mouth. So that's just like really working against him. Yeah, I, I, it, it's interesting, right? Because it's like the last we saw Josh Allen was fucking standing on his head, yeah, only to get his back broken by you know a couple quick plays by the the Chiefs, but can't discredit Mahomes for that either you know no yeah he's not I me mean, yeah he uh, yeah exactly and then um I do the thing that I like about Allen is is that his like I think he's a little more physical like I think he can take a little bit more of a pounding than Mahomes can at this point yeah. um but uh you know Mahomes is 26 Allen is 25 so either one I, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge you from putting either one of the top one now you yep. have Herbert, which I'm assuming you put Herbert over Joe Burrow. I did. I yeah, I have Joe Burrow in the fourth spot, which would be interesting because I would almost. I think what's taken away from Burrow a little bit on this is his year one, 
you know, uh, being injured, uh, a little bit of that, like, there's like, you remember that little shaky confidence thing, I think coming into year two, yep. where there's some quotes that he wasn't. So that's kind of, and, cause we don't have a big sample size with both these guys. So it just kind of really gets down to, unfortunately, a magnifying glass on every moment we've had with you. And it's just like Herbert to me has, I mean, it can't really, the better longevity resume, the better overall resume at this point, even though Burrow did have the better run, obviously. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting for him because I I went back and forth pretty hard on this. Nope, I'm cha- I'm changing my mind. I'm moving to Burrow to three. Moving to yeah. three. Okay, good. Because that, <laughs> that's, that's where I said I, I I was looking at it and it was really debatable. I did you know I liked Herbert's um, stability. I like his size. Like his ability to make plays outside of the pocket. I do ding you know. Um, uh, burrow a little bit for obviously getting injured the knee injury the confidence shaking you know could this be a flash in the pan also too uh burrow is 25 years old he's the same age as as alan he's two years older than herbert so i i i wouldn't be totally mad at the herbert thing over burrow however you know burrow going and take leading his team to a super bowl when no one really thought I got to give a slight edge in that category if I'm just started right now based on all the information that we have. Um, I think these are like, uh, you know, I wouldn't argue. I went back and forth a lot, but I think these top are the top four guys. And I think that there's a bit of a drop off after this. Yeah, I'll agree with that because after this, like it definitely gets into you know, it's just you're at the roulette table and you got to put your money on something and like kind of the the odds are leaning towards. So it's probably closer to like a game of 21. Yeah. Like you're just like you see what the dealer has, you see what you're looking at. And we are getting into gambling territory kind of no matter where we go off with here. Mm-hmm. And I did like I I wasn't afraid to reach for a couple of older guys, but we'll see. You might be able to shake up my order and talk me out of some stuff when we get there. But my five spot, I guess I got Kyler Murray. Um, I know there's a little like like a little injury thing. There's definitely a, like a not wanting to get hit, but still that arm talent and some of the flashes kind of give him a higher ceiling. And I'm not ready to check out that he hasn't figured it out. Like maybe it can be like an early, you know, Mahomes thing where he gets a little bit more dedicated to the pocket, tries to just run as a, like as a backup option and kind of stay a little bit healthier. It's kind of, I, I could, didn't want to ding this against him because if we're starting a franchise, I'm taking him onto my franchise, but his, relationship with the cardinals were was a little weird this offseason which makes you yeah i think it still is might be a little little interesting his his agent had that whole like you better pay us or or else kind of fucking note to the public well he did get signed right they finally figured it out Mm, drink everybody because i don't know yeah i feel like i feel like they don't have to check that out but anyway like i i i think it's fun to watch i'd like super fun to watch yeah. So that's interesting. I was I was wondering where you were going to go with Kyler Murray on this, and I gave him, <clears throat> I gave his size, a little bit of a knock, even though he is super exciting yeah. to watch. I worry about like longevity over a couple of these guys that I put him over or put him behind. I went at number five. Real I went, fast, Ky- Kyler Murray did sign a four-year, thirty-five million dollar contract with the Cardinals. Thirty-five million a year. Uh, a f- no, four year, thirty five million. It's just old. That's got to be his rookie contract. Current contract, yeah. That's what his current contract is. What he's on, most likely. Yeah, two, uh, two thousand, yeah, two thousand twenty three. It says twenty nine million in two thousand twenty three. That's probably is that his fifth year option? 
Is there nothing? Is yeah. there nothing after that? Nothing after that. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that's his fifth. That. That's his fifth year option. So they decided to pick that up. That fifth year option be, would be what he would be getting, but there's no guaranteed deal after that. So that's that's what they're saying. They're saying, hey, now while we're sitting here, um, while we're sitting here, you you better pay us our money because right now he's probably making, you know, seven eight million bucks, which is great money, but not. You know, relative to the QBs. Yeah, it's a, it's one one million for salary, then five million, like I said, so like uh, eleven million cap hit. Gotcha. So I I my number five, I went yeah. with old reliable. He's been there with the Dallas Cowboys, and I had the little ankle injury. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott at, at number five. Wow. Not on my yeah. list. Not on your list, really. <clears throat> Not on my list. No, man. There's just like, I don't know. I've that's one where I feel like I've seen enough. I've, right, like there's been he's had so you can't put much more talent around this guy and i know there was like kind of that ankle injury but to just to constantly like i don't feel like we're moving the right direction like it's not more playoff wins it's not getting deeper like there's just there's always something like a little off about the cowboys and you got to look towards the play caller yeah and so this is where i'm sitting there going like maybe i can build the right at at this point any quarterback i'm like i've got to build the right setup for him but here's the thing that I love. I love fucking winning and 53 and 32, you know, 85 starts overall. I know obviously we had the little, you know, fucking hullabaloo about his contract, but I'm not going to fault anybody over a contract negotiation. He doesn't turn sure, yeah. the ball over, right? He's basically almost a three to one TD to INT ratio. And he has a little bit of mobility except for that ankle injury, right? Where he can he can fucking play, and you know maybe I'm giving him a little bonus for his first three years in the league, where he was fucking all star in the last three, maybe a little bit of a downgrade. But you know at this point, 28, I'm kind of I, 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 give me somebody that I know is going to be, you know, a fucking proven entity, and I'm I'm gonna give me give me Dak Prescott. I feel like worst case scenario franchise is gonna go eight and eight. Yeah, I'm tossing the dice a little bit. I'm kind of in that same realm, but I feel like this guy a little bit older, but he has been improving uh all reports is just like just a solid dude in the locker room somebody that everybody loves Kirk to Cousins. play with <laughs> no I would not fucking do that no solid in the locker room not wide receivers bailing ship as soon as they can solid in the locker room I'm going um Jimmy Garoppolo 30 years old yeah uh been to Super Bowl been to uh a couple NFC championships right two yep. three yep. two um yeah, and I think like there's still a little bit of improvement. Like smart with the football. If any knock, it's like a little bit of the you know long ball accuracy. But it seems we put the right team around them. Like great locker room support. I would just if I got to go hell of a guy. Like I'd rather take a little bit toss of the dice on Garoppolo than go with the Dak Prescott, who I've seen surrounded with talent that you know can't get a playoff win under his belt. This is a good point. This is a good point. You know, um, I do wonder, like, if we were to do the role reversal, right? Prescott and the 49ers and, and vice versa, like what that looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think that to me, that's where I feel like, you know, and maybe that's what you bought Jimmy G for. Right. You bring in a little bit of that playoff experience and that, like, understanding of the Patriot way, what that means. Um, but, yeah, I, I think season out, like if I'm going to base my franchise around one guy right now to start Jimmy G or Derek Prescott. I think I have to give Derek Prescott the edge, but I'm not, I'm not hating your number five because I don't think, I don't think there's a right answer here. 
No, it's not bad. And you're right. Like, I mean, it's just like, is he bailed out by the system? You know, like this whole, um, who are, who were we handing the ball off to all the time last year? Yeah, Debo Samuels. Yeah, Debo Samuels. Like, is there a little like unorthodox play calling that kind of has this overlook some of this like pass accuracy stuff? I don't know. Like at the end of the day, like I think the final kind of domino for me was just like the locker room loves them. So I want to start a franchise with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I that's huge. Those are intangibles that I, I love. You're going to hate my number six. <laughs> six. I can already tell. I can already tell. But if we're talking about fucking locker rooms loving him and fan bases loving him, and he's young, former MVP, I'm going with Lamar Jackson. I know you said mm. going the wrong direction. Get the guy, the guy fucking wins. I'm sorry. Does he though? I mean, we had the big, so we had that Tennessee upset two years mm-hmm. ago. We missed the postseason last year. Yeah, I don't like. I he's it, he's got. He has a little whiff of the league hasn't figured out. Yeah. Okay. Me. He might. He's, he's. I mean, statistically, he's going in the wrong direction. But I mean, he's 37 and. 12 in his 49 starts that's a 75 yeah. percent winning percentage uh you know at a certain point in this in this thing like you know if i'm building my franchise around it and i need to win i need to get off the ground like give me a guy that's gonna fucking be able to keep us in games at all times and that's lamar jackson i would put him durability wise over a fucking kyler murray right now yeah, I'm just trying to think of like these like these Michael Vick like weapons. I mean, obviously with like um, a little better accuracy, it, like how their bounce backs are. Because that'd be fair. Like we are in a little bit of a trough with Lamar Jackson, so this For year sure. will be like super interesting to see like if he comes back with relying a little bit more on being in the pocket. Because I mean, that is the longevity, like being able. Mm-hmm. That is the maturation of a quarterback, especially like a like one that can run and has legs like that. Being able to stay in the pocket, like even though it like can throw him off. So it'll be. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward. And you you know what? This is it's, it's a great gamble, especially at the sixth spot, to be like, yeah, give me, let's start a franchise with him at six. And if he's off to the races, you know, you have a, like you said, like a league MVP on your hands. Yeah. My sixth spot, definitely less sexy. <laughs> <clears throat> this guy, though, like quietly, I don't know, like you want to keep thinking it's moving in the right direction. It might be a little late. It might be a plateau. It looked like a team would move on from him like multiple times. A little overshadowed by being in a division with uh, a lot of other just high, like tier quarterbacks. Uh, give me Derek Carr at the sixth spot. Ooh, what do you think, I, buddy? I, what you you think? know what? I waxed and waned on Derek Carr so hard because I kept looking at him and I kept looking at his stats relative to like what I would see on the field, like the glimpses. Mm-hmm. And this is that inverse thing of what what we were saying, like. You know, some of the stuff, you know, like the stats don't look great sometimes. Like he's got some INTs, he's got some turnover issues. But then I see him like drop just fucking just rainbows into fucking guys' hands, fire up. And, and, and in a season that was a fucking disaster, him being the fucking tie that binds that, that, that ball club together, it's not the worst thing in the world at that spot to go with a Derek Carr, quite honestly. Yeah, I think so. It's at 31 years old. So, and it's just like, look at what we're talking about here. Like, you know, you brought up Kirk Cousins earlier, like, not yeah. going that route, like, not doing any Jameis Winstons, like, Baker Mayfield. I think, like, we've seen a little bit of what we can, like, have, like, Derek Carr before I really start just really taking flyers on some of the younger guys. Like, he just seemed like a solid, like, 
all right, I know I'm making a solid run at the playoffs. I know he's a proven leader. Like, let's put him under center. I like it. I like it. You know, and that's and see, this is the thing. It's like it, it, this is going to be a guy that that's going to shape your franchise, right? And you want a professional. You want somebody that's like going to be a professional, going to be the one that like everyone's yeah. like, all right, this guy's a fucking real deal quarterback. And I think people in in Las Vegas think that with Derek Carr. Um, so I know there's very few guys that have that, that you want to build a franchise at this level, right? We're not talking the, the Brady's or the Stafford's or the, even like a Matt Ryan, right? Like even like two years of Matt Ryan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But those guys can, can cultivate a, a locker room. Um, my number seven, this is where I had Kyler Murray, right? So I think this is a real tight pack five through seven for me. You know what I mean? Um, but this is where I had Kyler Murray. Yeah, so we're pretty close on here. I guess, I mean, not really like Kyle Murray's there, but it's – and then we're just taking a few of those guys that have been around the league a little bit longer that have a little bit of playoff experience. Now it'll be interesting to see these last three picks, like how deep we go into some of these rookies. I did put Trevor Lawrence at my eighth spot. Uh, I, I really don't trust that first year in Jacksonville what, with what we've seen. Like that was just a shit show from – you know, from – coach all the way on down so i this is supposed to be one of the biggest talents since andrew luck to come out of come out of uh college into the draft so way too early to give up on him so if i'm starting to franchise this you know this eight spot here seems right yep that's exactly where i have trevor lawrence right at eight great um nine spot a little bit of gamble here super i was super low on this guy following a little bit of what the public money is doing and also just how we saw this team handle them because they looked like they did have a chance to pivot, but they decided to go uh, all in, and that's their future. Jalen Hurts. I'm curious. Curious what this next year can bring. I like this. This is an interesting pick, right? Yeah. We, we liked him coming out early, p- playing kind of well early on, then kind of, I think, plateaued a little bit. You know, still led his team to a winning, uh, winning record. Um. I did have Mac Jones over him at this oh, spot. Okay. I went with little Mac Jones. Um, I mean, I think the guy can fucking spin it if he can hold up under pressure under fucking uh, Bill Belichick. Then, then so be it. And we saw some flashes. We saw him step up a little bit in, in some moments in some bigger games. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't tell with Mac Jones if it's. There's just something about, like, if he's not on the Patriots, are we talking about Mac Jones at all? Like, there's just something about, like, being on that team that puts him a little bit more in the spotlight on the radar and maybe gives him a little bit more of a stock bump than he should have. I mean, maybe not. Like, this this year or two will go. So that finishes out. You have Mac Jones and then your uh, – so you Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. That's your 8, 9, 10? Yeah, Jalen Hurts with a, 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 a beating down the door of – Davis Mills and Tua at the 11 spot. David Mills and Tua. Really? You got Mills at 11? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. I, I kind of like I kind of like long neck <laughs> over there. I like it. I like it. Uh, I mean, I went super flyer and just basically let the media talk me into this. But for some reason, if the 49ers are confident enough to ship Jimmy Garoppolo eventually out of town and give the range to Trey Lance, like I'm curious enough to put him in my 10 spot. No idea like what to this. expect from this guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I think at this point, you know, 
do you go like a Justin Fields, which we saw, you know, or like a Zach Wilson, or do you just go like you said, shoot from the hip? Let's 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 buy let's buy low or buy high, I guess, on fucking Trey Lance. I like it. I, I wouldn't. You got two forty nine er quarterbacks on your list. I like it. I <laughs> do unbelievable. And I can't. I'm always low. I'm always taking their under. David Mills. I love the Mills part. Part. Yeah. Um. Let us know which ten you would go with. Shoot us in. Email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Let's jump in the inbox. All right, um, email or the pod. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. Sports science has really hit its stride the last few years and has given athletes the opportunity to continue their careers. Since you both watched Grey's Anatomy and know a thing or two about medicine, never seen an episode, here's some famous sports movie injuries and tell us if you think modern medical science would have saved or extended their careers. All right, these are movies with injuries. All right, the program, Alvin Mack's Leg Injury. Ooh, that one was brutal. He was in like a fucking, like, you know, when they put those halos on your head, like he had it <laughs> yeah. all around his leg. Yeah. Like that thing was, was fucking beat up. So I don't know. I think that that thing was broken in two places. He might come back. He, he, he still gets, he still gets to the league, but he's not a first rounder. He's still, he's job. He can walk and run on that thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I think he shows up two years later, like, uh, he's got to earn his way onto the team. He shows up. He's not a pro bowler, but he's pulling down a little bit more than league minimum. He's in the league, like, four years. If if Jalen Smith, who was drafted by the Cowboys in the second round after he tore his knee up, the Notre Dame linebacker, after to- tore his knee up in the uh, uh, Tostitos Bowl against Ohio, you fill out the rest. Yeah. You can go on and get drafted by the uh and even out of the year would like this because it's a notre dame guy if he gets like three ligaments torn up at his knee basically like hyper extended it the wrong direction i think alvin mack can come back and get you know drafted in the fourth round and you know play three four years as a you know relief linebacker yeah i mean if alex smith came back alex smith broke his leg so bad it almost killed him right yeah oh yeah we totally missed that yeah alex yeah, yeah. alvin mack you're, you're back you're back <laughs> welcome welcome to the league MVP, first round, not MVP. Let's slow down. They never give those to defensive players. All right, Friday Night Lights. Oh, I just now I got to quote Alvin Mack. It's just like they're going through the thing, and it's just like kill the quarterback, hit the quarterback so hard his girlfriend feels it. Kill <laughs> right, right. everybody. Kill everybody. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, the best. All right, Friday Night Lights. Um, Bobby Mills torn ACL. Ooh, Bobby Mills torn ACL. This is this is the movie Friday Night Lights, right? Not the TV show. Uh, yeah, I believe it's the movie. I believe it's your yeah, yeah, and and the book. I think there's a real Bobby Mills in the book. Yeah, yeah. He torn ACL. He's back. He's actually back. He's still like they still give him his scholarship. Well, maybe like the high level stuff, but he still goes D one. They're like, hey, yeah, yeah, we're gonna take, we're gonna like UTEP, right? University of Texas El Paso is like, yeah, yeah, we'll still take you, Bobby yeah. Mills. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bobby, Bobby Mills, good. They can handle that now. Sports sign. Um, Kingpin, Roy Munson loses bowling hand. Um, <laughs> Do we have any hand transplants that are known about? Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think you got to learn to bowl with the other hand or that, that prosthetic hand he has. So um, I have a question about that. Shoving your, hand, shoving your hand in that, aren't mm-hmm. both the fucking conveyor belts just going like towards you? So how's it going to grind it down to a nub? Well, I think it's that the uh, I think it's the bowling ball comes up and crushes your hand. The bowling so ball. You, yeah, you hold your hand there, and then the the bowling ball shoots up like on that, and then that like crushes your hand. Crushes it. your hand, and then it's so yeah. bad you just got to get it. Yeah, I mean, from the couple of times I've done it. Okay. Um, 
Remember the Titans. Um, Gary is paralyzed in a car accident. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's changing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I mean, you break your back. He might be able to walk again. There's definitely. So here's the thing. Those guys, he might be able to walk again. There's plenty of instances of guys getting like, you know, broken necks and losing the ability to walk and then ultimately coming back to walk later on. But I don't think he's playing football after that. No. What did he do? He played like in the, like, I think he played in the paraplegia or like the wheelchair, the wheelchair games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, point break. Johnny Utah's knee is folded back 90 degrees in the wrong way. I don't remember <sighs> this. Yeah, well, that was his whole thing because he was like, a, he was also high. You fill out the rest quarterback mm. against uh, the some in the Rose Bowl. Damn it, who did he lose against? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think back then, yeah, probably Johnny, but I mean, does his desire to be a DEA agent overwhelm being mm. a, a football player? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, we did see him return to the field in the replacements. We did. Good movie. Yeah. Is that true? Is that a good movie? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Right, want, Why can't it? I want to hold you to it. All right. Okay. Um, the Natural. Roy Hobbs shot by his lady stalker. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's no. That's that's more of just a law enforcement thing. I think it's like restraining order. Body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if if Paul Pierce can get stabbed eleven times and come back to have a Hall of Fame career, then why can't Roy Hobbs? You yeah, know that's true. Get shot. Yeah. Did Plaxico Burris return to the field after he shot himself? Great question. Uh, let's say yes that, for this podcast. Was that for his plane? Okay, cool. Yeah, that'll do it too. Um, Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso gets his leg swept. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I think you can, right. and he did recover. Yeah, from you, it. yeah, you just need an ice pack or an yeah. elderly Japanese man's hot hands. <laughs> I think he, I think he won a tournament. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a white man can't jump. Billy Hoyle's addiction to gambling. No, there is no cure for that. Yeah, yeah, that's not. That's a fucking. It's only. A, it's only. A, it's only a a, a a hindrance if you lose. Yeah, let's remember too. Like he, he lost Gloria at the end. Like when he go yeah, plays yeah. King of the Duck. Like she's gone. For like sure. He has a full fledged gambling addiction. Um, all right, guys, you have an email. Shoot us an email. Mabsportspodcast at gmail dot com. All right, we got time for one more email. We'll jump in here real fast. Oh, nephew emailing in. Uh oh. What up? <clears throat> wow, most awesome questioning if I even listen. Wow. Insulting my favorite sign off is actually Oh. Favorite sign off. Oh, he thought he was talking about um our favorite Nia showdown. That's fine. But he said his favorite is sleeping habits for a better night's rest. Um but he would have to still say favorite moments are when Brandana shouts most awesome almost every episode. Don't question a Delaney most awesome. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. I know my you, lane. Oh, okay, Look all right. at this. I know. How, how, how old is the young nephew? I want to measure uh, my outrage. Uh, yeah, 17? Look at this young really? buck. Good for you, yeah. sir. Tell a friend. All right, I want to save time for this. Neapolitan Showdown, bring it to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright bro, Neapolitan Showdown, alternate sports realities This is one that you pulled, what made you think of this? Well, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about 
our book club, right? I think we we can. We've yeah, yeah, we brought it up. Yeah, we brought it up. Okay, we brought it up. Okay, I didn't know. Um, yeah, we've got uh, a fun little book that explores kind of multiverses and they, uh, you know, the. I, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but basically, like <laughs> that. that so yeah, exactly. That basically, you know, you can find infinite realities within that are there, and they go and they explore different realities. Um, and so here we are. So that made me think about like, well, what if, what? And I and I pose this as the example um, that like, well, what if, what if Jordan doesn't retire and go play baseball for two years and doesn't take a hiatus? Does he end up with eight titles and we just? undeniably he's the greatest basketball player of all time does the do the rockets hold a candle does akima lines one take him down one and now we have this interesting debate does this throw it in a tailspin it just made me think about like what is that what does that universe look like if 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 in the the book that we're reading is true like there's all these little you know alternate realities so close to the regular right next running to it yeah, no, it's really good. So I did, and I built up when I get to my number one, just kind of like the more the dominoes could fall based on it. Uh, love this idea. I had a lot of fun digging in. My first one, um, my three spot, I go with um, Tom Brady beats the Giants and they go undefeated. Ooh, I had this on my console bracket. You I did? Loved okay. This on a lot. Yes. Yeah, so what I liked about this is that was the greatest football team of all time. So mm-hmm. it would just be great to just end the debate on that. And then the one domino that I saw that it would affect is, I don't think we're talking about Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame anymore. Right. I think one we chip. can bury that. Yeah, yep. one chip. There's plenty of quarterbacks that have one chip, like uh, Trent Dilfer or whatever, that you know, it's just that you can, that they were more just kind of like the system of a team in the right place as opposed to just being like these Hall of Fame level quarterbacks. So not huge kind of dominoes there, but it's just, you know, Tom Brady gets gets that gets that Super Bowl win, greatest team of all time. Eli made it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, and then all the other guys that you know, the Junior Seaus, all those guys that were like basically the first time we ever had seen that in an NFL like experience of like going to a team to try and win a chip. Right, we hadn't really yeah. seen that before, so that would have been a real interest in how that would have spidered out. Obviously. Um, Tom Brady would have just undeniably been the greatest quarterback of all time. And there'd been no question about it. This with eight titles plus going on potentially for no. Now here's the thing. This is an interesting thing. Does that like, does that change the breakup Tom Brady? Yeah. I try to think about it. I, I almost wanted to tweak with other parts of Tom Brady's career to really just go to see like kind of what butterfly effect we could have with that breakup. I still, I still think it goes down like this because it's just you can't get past like Bill Belichick's pride on right. like getting getting out like a year earlier as opposed to a year late. What would be interesting is if if you really want to play with this, and maybe on my console bracket is if Robert Kraft ends up taking uh, Bill Belichick's side over yes. keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, yes. and if Tom Brady packs his bags earlier because of that. And then we have a Garoppolo in New England, which gets super interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, this, yeah, this is, that's the thing. And I, I and do... then also you're kind of, you're losing Brady on still like at the tail end, but he's still got prime years. I mean, obviously he's still like one of two, but you're getting him earlier than his Tampa Bay years. Like you're getting him around like the 30, what, probably like 37 years old, 36, right. 37, like right in there. He's, he's 44 right now. So, yeah, I mean, depending on when yeah. that breakup happens, if it's a couple of years earlier, yeah, you're getting um, you know, pretty early in that. No, I I love that one. I thought that was a really good one. Um, mine, um, 
man, I had so many like Detroit centric ones. That <laughs> really fucking. Yeah. You're just like win a championship, but you couldn't get it there. You're just like, Oh, all these things. You're just like, just, just yarn going from all these different points and all these different universes. And you're just like, man, an infinite universe is like Detroit still doesn't want a chip. Man, it sucks. <laughs> I, I looked at it. Like there's, there's, there's two that I really keep. Well, there's three. I can't really, I can't decide on this three. I really had a hard time. Um, so I'm gonna go with um, the least kind of tangents that come out of this. What if they trade Barry Sanders and he doesn't end up retiring early? Does he go and get traded to a team where he actually can compete and finally win? Where does the all-time leading rushing record sit after that? Emmett Smith, I don't believe, holds a candle to him because Barry Sanders basically broke it in 11 seasons. And does he go on to just totally cement himself as the greatest running back of all time now that he plays for another three years? Oh, wow. What year What year did he retire? 90... 90... No, 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 no. 90... Nine ninety eight ninety. Oh, is that late? Okay, yeah, yeah, because it was it was in this time where um oh fuck I can't remember the head coach's name, not George O'Leary. He came from oh fuck what was his name? I'm gonna uh, I'm cheating everyone. Bobby Ross. Bobby Ross was this like hard nosed fucking dickhead of a coach, and they had come from like a very player centric Wayne Fonts and a couple other guys, and he just didn't fit in very well and. You know, I mean, this is a season removed from Barry Sanders running, rushing for 2,000 yards. The season where he retires and he ran, rushed for 1,491 yards. Basically, mm. like, I mean, 153 games. I mean, at 15,000 rushing yards, I think he's still third all time. Oh, wait, no. I think Gore just passed him this last year. Yeah, I was trying to look and see what team maybe he ends up on, like in 1998-99, like a competing team that could use a running back. Looking at maybe the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, like the 49ers. Um, I mean, the, the Cardinals were kind of ascending, and they they actually got uh, 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 Emmett Smith thereafter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you trade him in interdivisionally, right? So he's not going to yeah. go to like your Minnesota Vikings. Let's go Vikes. Let's I would say Vikes. that they probably like trade him away somewhere else. So it's like Miami, you know, Buffalo, like this, these teams make a little bit of sense. Like Miami with Jimmy Jan- Johnson there makes a little bit of sense with like, um, you know, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, they still had Marino there, kind of a late aging Marino. Yeah, no, that's good. Taking one for the team, realizing you couldn't get to a Detroit actual championship and, like, what's the best thing you could do? Like, such just – what a sacrifice on your part, bro. Just – you control just time and space, and you're just like, you know what? I just need to get Barry Sanders, the rushing uh, – the rushing – all-time rushing leader. Um, all right, my number two spot. 2016 NBA Finals. Golden State takes a – lead three games to one Mm. what if draymond green doesn't get that flagrant one afterwards and doesn't get suspended for game five it's golden state at home 
Golden State puts it away, wins the series four games to one over Cleveland Cavaliers. Now LeBron James doesn't have the ticket because he still has a promise that has not been kept about bringing a championship to Cleveland. So he has to stay there. Still, Kyrie Irvin can't stand him. Still trying to win a championship. You know, they had that off year uh, the next year where they didn't, like, farewell. Kyrie leaves. LeBron feels like he's running out of time. He's got to make this happen. Talks the office into trading for, one, Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant and LeBron James team up in Cleveland to beat the Golden State Warriors. This is interesting, right? Because instead of going to the Warriors, he goes to because that's what i was gonna say i was i was wondering when it get to get to the point about if they win they don't they probably don't bring kd into the mix right yeah they they don't bring kd and i think that you know it's a couple years and i think lebron wants to go to la and i feel like he's just like fuck it like i got it i just need i need to fulfill this promise like i can't not fulfill this promise by any means necessary i need to get it done him and Kyrie are just on the outs. Kyrie still leaves and then makes the move to go all in to win one year, wins in Cleveland, and then he still goes to Los Angeles. You know what's funny now? I wonder if he goes to Los Angeles or if he stays with KD, like if that's kind of a good, like, symbolic. But it would be interesting if he's still just like, all right, I'm going to leave. Like, this is your team now. And then Kevin Durant has what he wants, which is just kind of like, a team of his own there in Cleveland, or if he feels kind of like bailed on in Cleveland. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, I do wonder if that's the case because I think I think in the large scale plan, this is important for LeBron to become. I mean, he's just been anointed a billionaire, so I knew going to California to increase his. Yeah, he's got to be in LA. Yeah, he's got to be gotta in be LA. LA. So I I think this is like unfortunately in like a strategic plan. It's his plan that, you know, I think is is hell or high water. But I do think it's an interesting wrinkle where it's like, well, now if KD's here, maybe do I sit on this and we just we ride this out and get a couple more chips in here? It's an interesting angle. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what he would do in this. I definitely think he would try and assemble a crew to win a championship if he didn't get it that. Yeah, and I think the more, like, I think the hourglass, and it's not like, oh, I need to get a championship. And I think the hourglass is less for what it is for most players, where it's just like, oh, I got to get a chip. Mm -hmm. And I think the hourglass is just like, I want to get to fucking L.A. now. Like, I want to go start this empire thing. Like, let me get Cleveland what I promised them. Like, what's it's almost like, what's the fast track to that? And it's like grabbing a KD that definitely wants out of Oklahoma City. For sure, for sure. Um, I love it. It's a very good one. Pretty 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 good. My, My number two... And I just want to say the wrink the wrinkle is it's you go back in time and you stop Draymond Green from punching LeBron James in the balls. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the that that's that's the, the that's shift. The that's that's where it splits. That's where the that's where universe splits. is split. <laughs> um I like it. Um mine is another another Pistons or another Detroit one. I'm going with the Pistons. I'm going with the two thousand three NBA draft. The Pistons sitting there. They have the team assembled, and instead of drafting Darko Milicic, they have one of their three choices could be either Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, or Dwayne Wade. Mm. And I think that they go, ultimately what I was hoping for is they go with the Carmelo Anthony, right? Who won a title in his freshman year and carries this franchise. Carmelo Anthony 
can go into with Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, mm-hmm. Chauncey Billups, mm-hmm. right? Rip. And be humbled and crafted into the like dominant small forward scoring machine, low post threat that they could eventually space out. They could put Sheet at the, th- you know, shooting three balls. They become this team that now wins a title the next year with Darko sitting the bench. I think he comes in there, plays a, a, a role off the bench, scores, gets buckets. They now have basically six rotational players that they can do whatever they want. Year two, Tayshawn Prince now moves to the bench where he's relegated to a defensive stopper role, playing multifaceted positional player. And now they don't have to, now they're not burdened by like, what are we going to do here as like Ben Wallace ceases to be this guy or Rasheed Wallace who can move on from these guys. Now we have this focal point of a franchise that we can move forward along with. And I think the multifaceted positional player that Carmelo Anthony is will carry them. We know he's a dominant scorer. We know he's unbelievable. Um, I almost wonder, though, if you go Dwayne Wade and it's even a better story, but I, I think Carmelo Anthony was like the number the number two guy in this draft and we whiffed it. So what are you doing here with change in reality? Like, is one chip not enough? Do you want a dynasty? Because Detroit wins in 2004. Yeah, they win it the next year. Yes, yes. But I, yeah, I'm so con- continued like, legacy. Yes. Okay. You want continue legacy and dominance for a guy that played 19 years and many and is going to be, <laughs> you know, score 25,000 points in his in his history. I just don't want the guy that fucking is is a the, one of the all time busts of all time. We sat in a real position to fucking forge a legacy <laughs> yeah. of this franchise and continue to become one of the dominant franchises in NBA history and we passed it all. We we fucking we had a 80% shot of fucking getting a Hall of Fame player and we missed it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to upgrade you too with just kind of this ripple right here in this real in this reality. Does the malice in the palace never happen? Malice in the palace I don't think ever happens. So does and do the Pacers end up winning a chip? Oh no! I think we have enough firepower to beat them. Okay, still dominate them. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's LeBron yeah, now has a truly frustrating okay. time in Cleveland. Maybe he leaves. Uh, yeah, he leaves on time again, but maybe he never comes back because he doesn't. He's scorned by the Pistons forever. He could never get over the hump. He could never take him to the finals. Look at that. Okay, a lot of, a lot of ripples on that. All right, my number one. Oh, buddy, I'm so excited about this one. I am so excited. When you said this, I don't know how it popped into my head, but I got I got giddy. I couldn't type fast enough looking things up, just figuring out how far this could spread out. I think it affects Pat Mahomes, to be honest. <gasps> I got bad news. I'm stirring up, stirring <gasps> up the brethren of our audience. But I think there's a chance Pat Mahomes never ends up a Kansas City Chief. <gasps> Here's what happens. Here's my ripple in reality. In 2005, with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, I like it. The San Francisco 49ers select one Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yes, they don't take Aaron. They don't take Alex Smith. Okay, they I'm don't take you. Alex Smith. They don't. They take Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers immediately starts. Ends up doesn't sit underneath Brett Favre for two, three seasons, however long he did. He's immediately starting that first year for the San Francisco 49ers with 
two wide receivers, Brandon Lloyd and Johnny Morton, are his Ooh. weapons there. Uh, that team did go uh, went four and twelve. I think he struggles early. Um, you know, he's he didn't get that league. time to look. <laughs> no, I don't have that, but I do have. Uh, he he cycles through a lot of coaching changes. Uh, ends up being a little hard to handle, which we know he can be with coaches, but he just mm-hmm. doesn't have the great record to back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also in the same division as he's really starting to come into his own his late 20s of those Seattle Seahawks during their kind of dynasty run. So for really like doesn't have the luxury of having the Bears, the Lions kind of in that same division, just kind of automatically being chalked into one spot. Uh, he finishes with no league MVPs and no Super Bowl wins and just like a borderline possible hall of fame quarterbacks with stats but just a guy that had the stats never got the chip <laughs> and i think i think this domino changes the chiefs also because alex smith never ends up just kind of being this this life raft for the chiefs to coast for a couple years so it's just interesting to see if they would have had to make a quarterback move a couple years earlier in the draft and don't actually end up landing a patrick Mahomes because they go all in on so so in this thing then with Rodgers, does Harbaugh go to the 49ers where Alex Smith was? Yes, I see. Yeah, I still have Harbaugh going to the 49ers. And does he then take Kaepernick, even though probably he knows that Alex and Rodgers at that point probably is a better overall talent? Does he still yeah. take Kaepernick and go that route and then have this – I do because I think, you know, you're looking more of walking into a situation with, uh, I mean, you really have to look at like an Alex Smith. Like we have, you know, I maybe Patrick, maybe I don't have Aaron Rodgers having any playoff wins at this point. So it's that typical thing when a new coach shows up and, you know, you like it's a quarterback that's been tenured like four or five seasons, like you still go and grab your guy. So it might put, it's just, it's just, it's that age old questions that we ask, like, is rolling quarterbacks out there too early? Do we not really get to see their talent? Is it more of a story of these quarterbacks, these quarter like these highly talented quarterbacks getting drafted on shit on shitty teams? And is the best thing that happened for Aaron Rodgers like getting to sit behind Brett Favre for you know three seasons? No, I, I love this too because then you know as Patrick Mahomes has said, Alex Smith as 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 a quarterback was like the thing that so maybe his. Maybe he never gets the mentorship of like a Harbaugh for a few years is after he had all those rocky seasons, right? And maybe he bounces around the league and doesn't become the, you know, consummate professional, or at least, or maybe he's, maybe he's not in a position to mentor anybody because he's just fighting for a job himself. Yeah, it could be like a little bit more like a oh Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex around. Smith. Yeah, for what sure. did I say? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you did say Alex. Yeah, Alex Smith bouncing around, and I think you know, I think it could be with. Aaron Rodgers a little bit more of like a Jay Cutler story, like something on like that level of quarterback than yes. what, what we what we saw him walk into. Excellent. Ooh, I love how it, it that that just that quarterback tree just impacts everybody. All right, yeah. so so my number one, um, we're gonna we're gonna go with Len Bias not ODing on mm. draft night. This has yeah. a this is a huge ripple effect because <clears throat> if you ascribe the idea that or subscribe to the idea that Jordan basically quit because he didn't have any other competitors to truly balance him out. Bias being drafted by the Celtics now becomes a legitimate threat in the East 
to Michael Jordan, and they had battled in 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 um, you know at Maryland and, and University of North Carolina for all that that people defined Len Bias as. He was the he was the superhero um, protagonist or antagonist to to Michael Jordan. He was everything in that. So here's the other thing that we have. Here's the other trickle down here. Is then then now does Jordan not fully become the six and zero title, the most dominant player in his era? Does he have a true adversary that now he his maybe his record is is not as clean? And in, in comparison to the likes of like a LeBron, right? That's the one knock that LeBron gets is carrying these teams. Does it not shake out? Does the way that the Celtics are structured and the way that Larry Bird and, and uh, um, you know, uh, Parrish and McHale and these guys, like they can shepherd him through this. Now Boston gets a few more titles or potentially, you know, is, is more competitive for longer than they ever previously were. And it's it harder for fucking Mike to get through Boston? Is it harder for him to do all that stuff? You still have the Pistons doing their thing. Maybe the Pistons don't win a title either, too. So this has a trickle-down effect all the way down to my beloved Pistons. You know, I, I see this just... And now here, we're sitting there in this podcast, and we're still debating, like... We're still debating Magic Bird. Like, Magic... Michael Jordan, maybe it's Magic Bird. Well, Bias had Bird, and maybe it's just Matt. Maybe we just... We don't really have this guy. Maybe mm-hmm. Jordan doesn't become the like Mike. Maybe half of those marketing dollars are split up now to Len Bias, right? Adidas or Jordan, they're fighting over. Maybe we want Len Bias instead of him. Like this all comes out in in that unfortunate scenario on draft night where it's like this shapes the league in a way it's a, you know it's was addition by subtraction unfortunately because now it allowed michael jordan to be the most charismatic likable athlete of the late 80s and 90s the most like dominant the thing that we hold a kid the thing that we were comparing fucking jason tatum to early on and what everyone is is, is, is trying to be in professional sports now we don't know if that ever comes to fruition because len bias is there to be the the, the perfect foil to to MJ. Mm, great category, bro. Great run. Um, unfortunately, in this universe, I did win this showdown. <laughs> yep, just had to dock one because you mentioned a Detroit franchise in each one of In both, yes, exactly. I could have done, done multiple Detroit. <laughs> like the universe sure. to avoid Palace in the Palace. And for those that are asking, why didn't I put um, the Fab Five, the Chris Webber timeout? Grow up. No one wants to talk about that. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. Um, MAB Sports Podcast, episode 222. You guys, let us know what universe. Shoot us an email. Whatever you want to do. MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Make it this universe that you shoot us an email. This one right here, right now. Um, MVP of the week. I'm giving it to me. That's right. I finally <laughs> finally got to do a same game parlay on this. Look at um, you, bro. Yeah, I, I posted it on the thread, which is kind of the kiss of death. Should be a jinx, but it's the first one I did. Six to one odds, uh, hit it with. You do like all the same game stuff. This sounds like an advertisement now. But what was it? It was I had Jalen Brown over fifteen points. Yep. Uh, Celtics or Celtics, uh, Golden State money line, which is kind of redundant because I also had Golden State covering nine and, nine and a half. half. Uh, Marcus Smart four or more assists. Steph Curry over four and a half three pointers. I think that's it, right? Yep, you did. I was that's writing it, it down. 
yeah. I was almost going to give, once you gave that, I was almost going to give each four of them. Or each three of them. <laughs> but but I went for my MVP. I'll give uh, Jordan Poole for knocking down that, that 50. Actually, you know what? So I'll, give, I'll give two Michigan players. Nick Stauskas. Somebody from the Michigan Wolverines is going to win a, a chip. Nick Stauskas or Jordan Poole. I'll give it either one of them. But let's go Jordan Poole because he knocked down that 40-footer. Oh, so gorgeous. This is right there what he did. Guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Hit us up. I'm Brandon. I want you to sign yourself off. Most awesome. All right, audience, you're right. I couldn't let it go. The universe, the alternate universe where Chris Webber doesn't take a timeout. We fucking go on to win. Donald Williams doesn't win MOP. Chris Webber does. The Fab Five are no, nothing but better friends ever, ever than before. We love them all. I still wear fucking black socks and black shoes. Let my nuts hang. You got to shock the world. She likes boys, parties, style, fame. She likes glamour, runway, style. Fame. She likes fashion.